first and foremost, I would never say that I'm a storyteller. Uh, to me, that's passive. I want to say that I'm writing the story as I go. I work with the general public, mostly uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, so students in our public schools, our private schools, I'm really trying to get that whole science is sexy thing going on. Um, but I think it's important one that they understand where their water came from, where it goes and how it's reused because that's the entire cycle of life, right? So my job is to make uh, water recycling sexy. And if that means I have to dye my hair purple and go by, you know, Lady Gaga and <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. Um, so I'm willing to go to pretty great lengths to do that. And, and that also is great because tell my personality, I'm a very outgoing, I could be a little overwhelming personality, but that really appeals to kids is, is that kind of outspoken, kind of funny. She gets this hip stuff. Um, but there's definitely times too, where I completely geek out because I still am a chemist and that part of my brain doesn't shut off either but I have to get kids interested and be funny and kind of goofy. And then I can open up into all that fun sciencey stuff. Welcome to What Are We Talking About? A podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. Okay, welcome to another episode of What Are We Talking About? Today we have Shay Dunifin. She's with the Pinellas County Utilities. And Shay is informally slash formerly known as Lady Kaka and also has one of the best LinkedIn profiles I've ever seen, which includes a tagline that all of her stories begin with once upon a flush. So Shay, we felt compelled to have you on the show and we're thrilled that you are here today as a guest. Oh, thanks so much. I don't know how I'm going to live up to that intro. <laughs> yeah, Shay. So we, you know, we, we like to invite people that are storytellers, right? And so we, we see that. But one of the things that we also like to have our guests is to talk about, because you didn't start in the water industry, you started uh, in other industries. I, I love the idea when we were talking to you that uh, you feel science is sexy. And so you, you, you've, been, you've been someone involved with science for a long time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about previous to you getting into involved in the wastewater industry, what you did and how that led you to this, this particular situation? Sure, sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so my background has been environmental science for the majority of my life. I, I lived and I grew up in Florida, so we're all about water. Um, and got to college, thought that I was going to be a literary major, actually, um, English major. I really like to write. That's another thing I do. Uh, took a semester of that and was like, this is not for Shay. So went back into environmental science, uh, took a class in soils, which was the weirdest thing to me at the time. I was like, this is so abstract and weird. And I just fell in love with it. Um, and one of my hobbies growing up has always been gardening. So if you look behind me, there's a gazillion plants. There's 27, not that I'm counting. Uh, so I thought, you know, if you study soil, then you understand how to grow plants and I'm a plant geek. So this all kind of makes sense. And that kind of, you know, set me up to go to grad school. I went to Virginia Tech. I studied crop and soil environmental science. 
And I didn't know what I was going to do when I graduated. I thought I was going to be a plant doctor, right? I was going to go to rich people's houses and diagnose their plants. Um, So I was dreaming. I got into, I worked in botanical gardens for a while. Then I did property management. I did fertilizer sales. I tried different things, but didn't quite find the right fit. Uh, One of my past jobs was working at Naples Botanical Garden. And I was teaching kids this program called Garden to Table. I was kind of teaching them where their food comes from, how you grow it, how you harvest it, all that fun stuff. And realized that there was just a niche there for teaching. So when I was ready to move on from my last position as a property assistant property manager, I saw this job and I said, that just sounds crazy. I don't know anything about wastewater, but this sounds crazy. You get to work with the public, you give tours. Yeah, why not? So I, I threw my name in and the rest is history, I guess you could say. So. And right now, Shay, your, your official title, at least on LinkedIn, is education coordinator. But how would you describe your job of telling stories to the public if someone just asked you what you do on a day-to-day basis? Ooh, wow. Uh, First and foremost, I would never say that I'm a storyteller. Uh, To me, that's passive. I want to say that I'm writing the story as I go. I work with the general public, mostly uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, So students in our public schools, our private schools, I'm really trying to get that whole science is sexy thing going on. Um, but I think it's important one that they understand where their water came from, where it goes and how it's reused, because that's the entire cycle of life. Right. So my job is to make uh, water recycling sexy. And if that means I have to dye my hair purple and go by, you know, Lady Gaga and <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. Um, so I'm willing to go to pretty great lengths to do that. And, and that also is great because you tell my personality, I'm a very outgoing, I could be a little overwhelming personality, but that really appeals to kids is, is that kind of outspoken, kind of funny. She gets this hip stuff. Um, but there's definitely times too, where I completely geek out because I still am a chemist and that part of my brain doesn't shut off either, but I have to get kids interested and be funny and kind of goofy. And then I can open up into all that fun sciencey stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we really like the idea that this is the way you've engaged the community, developed yeah. a relationship between the, um, the, the water utility and the community through the public school system. So you can tell us about how that that link is working for you. Yeah. So um, when I first started in this position, the, the bread and butter of we have an actual formal education program. So we actually have um, an interagency local agreement with Pinellas County schools. So there's a legal agreement that says we can kind of have this exchange And so our program started with facility tours. So we were bringing middle schoolers, high schoolers out here, showing them the plant, showing them the processes, they get the smells, the sights and all that fun stuff that comes with being around sewage and trash and all that fun stuff. We realized that the tours weren't just enough, right? So you have a limited amount of time when you interact with students. If they come for a tour, maybe that's 90 minutes at most. And to really make an impact on a student to say, wow, I really care. I really want to work on this. 90 minutes isn't enough. So we work with the teachers. We identify teachers. And those are really our advocates because they're the ones that spend hours, days, weeks, months, even years with kids. So we're really kind of funneling our programming through the teachers to then funnel through the students. And by creating advocates through our teachers, we're also now getting to that next generation So our program isn't just tours. It isn't just going to uh, a school and doing a presentation. We're teaching the teachers. We do teacher trainings. 
Uh, we also bring the teachers here for private tours. We teachers write lesson plans for us. So we even give them summer work. We pay them, come here, write some lesson plans, learn about what we do so you can take it back to your classroom. And that relationship has just kind of blossomed to, into, well, it's kind of blown up. You realize once you're working with schools that there's, there's such a deficit there, they need resources as bad as we do. So it's a win-win for both of us. So now they come out here and they do all kinds of stuff for us and we do stuff for them. And it's just complete reciprocity. Not to mention it's it's wonderful PR. When we had spoken, Shay, you mentioned that there are maybe a handful of people that you know in utilities that have a similar type of role. Mm-hmm. So my question for you would be, how do we get your position into more utilities? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it's a hard sell because a lot of times in this industry, we look at numbers. We look at how much it's going to cost to build a facility, to upgrade a facility, to hire people. And not just hire people, but hire the right people with the right licenses and the right credentials, right? Um, so we always look at numbers. And that's something that we are challenged with as government. We, we have to um, have responsibility because we are spending our ratepayers' money, right? So how do you justify that? Um, I'm not sure that when I first got here, they had any idea what this program could have been. And I didn't either. Um, but, you know, for instance, the good amount of public relations that we have generated in this program overshadows any of the bad that we've had. I have to say that. Uh, we have community partnerships, people that I, you know, like keep Pinalis beautiful. Um, we have a lot of community partnerships that are good. We don't have anybody coming here yelling at us, screaming at us. They're all like, oh, this is great. We want in, right? So I feel like we've kind of created this click and, and everybody wants to be a part of this click now. It's, it's, it's kind of a thing, but really it has to do with having good public relations and people calling us when there's things going on. They want to talk to an expert. They know they can call South Cross and somebody there's going to pick up the phone and we're going to give them the right answers or we're going to steer them in the right direction. Or if they want to come here and come on a tour, come, come on a tour, bring them all, bring the whole family. We're open. So just kind of building that relationship where we're not, hey, we're not just hidden behind this front gate and it's all locked down. Sorry, don't come here. Um, just kind of opening up our arms. I feel like it's created so much good public relations, especially with the school system, but even our immediate community. I, I could just go on and on about just that piece alone, um, but it's hard. So how would you sell that to somebody? Because people think dollar signs right now, this is an investment. The same way that education is an investment, you are investing in the future of your workforce, you are investing in the future of your society. And it's hard to explain that to people. But for instance, uh, this morning, I had my interns doing a graduation ceremony, we had all these other local municipalities here. And they're like, wow, these kids are really smart, they really picked up on stuff. And sometimes they have to see that example to say, okay, we want in on this now, we, we, we want a piece of this, like, how do we do this? And, and that's what I'd like to think that we're doing is kind of showing other municipalities, like, look at the benefits, look how much the schools want to work with us, look how much the community calls upon us. You can have this too. You're listening to the What Are We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals. Showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders, Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. And and I think you told us you report to the plant manager, the plant superintendent, 
How does he see the success? I mean, you know, we all report to somebody. And so the proving is, okay, you know, you've got these soft metrics, but is there any hard metrics when you get evaluated about the job you're doing um, that, you know, can be taken by other water utilities to say, hey, here's some metrics we put in so we know this program is working and it's well worth the, the effort. Mm -hmm. So some of the metrics I look at is the number of students or the number of individuals that come here on tours. Um, and that has been steadily increasing until COVID. So we're just going to pretend sure. those last few years never happened. Um, but we look at tour numbers, but we also look at how many schools are coming back. Because just because you come one time and you don't come back, they might be like, oh, that's not for us. So we also look at how many of those schools are coming back year after year, which has been very consistent. But not only are we having the same schools come back for tours or programming, they're coming back and they're bringing all their friends. So they're bringing more teachers. So we're not just like getting the same teachers everywhere, uh, every year, we're getting more and more teachers and the types of requests that we get. Um, that's another thing that we look at. You know, uh, are we just getting invited to after school events? Are we guest speakers? Are we science fair judges? We look at the types of events we get and also the impact of those and those numbers get bigger and bigger. Um, so a lot of my metrics kind of align with the school system because that is, I guess you can say that's kind of like the equivalent of, of my client. So how many schools are coming back? How many kids they're bringing? Um, right now with the internships, we're looking, uh, we're only in our third year. We just hired a student out of our internship last year. I consider that to be a huge success. Absolutely. When you have a student come for six weeks and a year later, he's now one of your operator trainees. I, I think that says a lot but it, it's a very new program. And again, that kind of goes back to that point about it's a time investment. So you have to be a little patient, which is, I know a word we all hate, but it, it's life. Right. Fortunately, we're, yeah, the water industry is fairly used to patience because our projects take five, six, seven, 10, 20 years yeah. <laughs> before they're done. Well, I'm not um, the most patient person. So I'm sometimes <laughs> even I'm like, ah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, I'm, so I'm curious, like, I mean, to have someone come back a year later that now wants to work for the utility is that's that's an incredible success story. I've never been on the receiving end of one of your trainings, Shay, so I don't know how they are, but I imagine they are pretty good. I imagine they're pretty interesting. So what you know, what advice could you give to other people who might want to try to start something like this at their local utility or local community? Just like okay. super easy, basic stuff that you're like, you should put these couple things together and you should think about, you know, telling the story this way or writing the story this way. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that I would say for someone who's starting like an education program is always start with the basics. Um, I try to keep things simple and it's really tough when you walk into a school, you don't know anything. It, and that's why it's always like Pandora's box, right? You don't know how much these students really know. You also don't know if they have learning disabilities because that's not necessarily disclosed. They might tell you, um, or you might walk in there and there's students that, you know, they don't have a good home life or they're going through some stuff. So you're walking into this scenario and you have no idea what's going on. Um, I always start with really simple concepts. So whenever I'm creating a program, I'm creating a training, it's very simple, boiled down to like three lines. Here's the three big picture items. And then I kind of build off that. And as I'm working with the audience, you know, one thing about being a, a communicator is you you play off your audience like the way the comedian plays off of a joke you throw a joke out there if they don't laugh you're like okay go to plan b or let me try something else right um so but you build that confidence with time 
but I would say start with simple concepts. So for us, when I go to like elementary, um, one of the basic things they do in elementary is just simple hygiene. So you can even talk about washing your hands or you can even talk to them about what happens when you flush the toilet or why you shouldn't flush this. Just very simple. And then in middle school, you almost reiterate the same point over and over again, because some people, a lot of us, we have to hear the same thing over and over and over again. And our brains just go, oh, I've heard that so many times it must be true. Right. So in middle school, again, very simple stuff like, okay, now you're a little older. There's other things to add into this do not flush equation. So let's put those in there. And then high school, guess what? There's a couple more things in there. And, and so we stick to really simple programming because um, our concepts are very technical. They can be very technical, but they're also very abstract. So just, just keep it simple. Keep your message really simple. I would say just here's the only four things that go down the toilet, poo, pee, toilet paper, and occasionally puke. But I don't really <laughs> want to encourage people to puke all the time. Or, or there's a husband make jokes like you should probably see a doctor. So just keeping it simple, I think, just keep a simple messaging and then you yeah. can build from there. Yeah, and we've heard from other guests that this is a real good entryway through the children, through the students to get mm -hmm. to their parents. Because when they come home, they want to tell their parents, hey, here's what I learned today. And guess what? And maybe the parents know, maybe they don't know. But I think mm -hmm. it's fantastic that it's that way to build this connection between the water utility and the overall community through the students. And they police their parents. I love it when students come back and I go, I told my mom she can't do that anymore. I told her she can't pour her oil down the sink. And I'm like, okay, okay, good for you. So they'll say, oh, I'm gonna go tell my mom. I'm gonna go tell my sister. And I'm like, <laughs> good. you police each other. I don't wanna be the cop. You go police each other. So yeah, kid, kids are great. And, and, and the younger they are, the more like, I want to say they're like a sponge. Right. When they're really young, like in the elementary, they're they're just giant sponges. They just soak everything in. And then middle school is where you start kind of going, oh, I'm going through puberty and all this weird hormonal stuff. And you're trying to figure out who you are. You're like, am I adult or am I a kid? And then by high school, it's like, I know everything about everything. I can't die. I'm invincible. And then it kind of like there's these stages. So when I work with kids, I always kind of keep in the back of my head, like, where are you on the stage of life? And then I can kind of play into that because we've all been there, right? So, but kids are great. Whatever age they are, they're all a load of fun. About teenagers, uh, they can be hit or miss. But I, I actually like middle schoolers, which a lot of people are like, middle school, that's so weird. I'm like, yeah, that's why it works. You know, they're just in between like being a sponge and being an adult. They're not really sure. So they're malleable. You can kind of get in there and kind of work on them and say, hey, look, science is kind of cool. This is kind of cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah you're right. So <laughs> I wish we well, could clone a little you. Aside there, yeah. That's all right. That? I wish, I wish we could clone you and just drop you all over the States and every water utility. Cause <laughs> you, you disagree with that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it, the work that you're doing is, is truly remarkable. And it's one thing that we is fairly consistent across most of our, our recordings is that we feel that water just isn't talked about in public enough at all, any mm -hmm. facet of it. And usually when it is, it's something negative. So the fact that you're bringing a positive spin and an interesting spin and a geeky spin, right? From the kids all the way yeah. through to the parents is, is phenomenal. Um, we are coming up on time, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Things fly really quickly. So we have one final question for you. Yeah. And that is our infamous airplane banner question, Shay. So Jim and I have, a, have an airplane 
And behind that airplane is a banner. And we are going to fly down to Florida and pick you up. And we get to fly that plane around the world in front of every water professional globally. What message do you want to put on that banner? You get about a sentence worth of words. Wow, that's tough. <laughs> I feel like I should I should be able to pause and go back and see what everybody else has said. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that's a tough one. Does it have to be? Well, it has to be PC, obviously. I was going to say um, water is sexier than some celebrity. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know. Water is sexier than an insert celebrity name, whoever, whoever the hot celebrity is. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Well, I'm not going to go for whoever drank water died, even though that's true. That's probably a little. Yeah, maybe maybe something just simple like water sexy, too. I don't know. I really don't know. That's a good one. And I'm not going to put Lady Kaka on the back because that's mine. (laughs) We'll just put that on like a picture on the side of the plane. That's fine. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I think the banner is great. That's great. Now you yeah. have to tell me what other people have said because now I'm intrigued. I feel like now I got to go whack all the other podcasts. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the trick. And you know that's what's going to happen? Goal. Like an that's hour later, goal. I'm going to be like, I should have said this. <laughs> I should have said this. Well, you know, we're, we're going to post this on LinkedIn and we're going to have the video of you saying this, what you said. I think it's great. Water is sexy too. is is a great a tagline. But uh, you can put in some other ideas when we post it. So you get a, you get a chance of some redos, right? <laughs> no, it's yeah. great. Jay, it, this is a great uh, conversation yeah. because it's really important. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Adam said, we really want water utilities to tell the right story to their communities. And there's a handful of people doing what you're doing, but we think everybody, every water utility should be focused on telling this story. So thanks again. Thanks guys. It's been fun. Thanks so much.